The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is a companion video. What are companion videos? Well, I'm awfully glad that you asked. See, every day on the John Campia Show, Monday through Friday, we take the second half of the show to take your live comments and questions. However, we normally don't have enough time to get through all the live comments and questions that get sent in. But if you sent in those questions, you used that tip link, you supported the channel as you did it, I want to make sure you don't have to wait too awful long to get those questions answered. So we gather them up and we address them here on companion videos. And by the way, if you're wondering how to get one of those questions read on the John Campion show or on here on a companion video, simply go down to the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that there, or you could enter it in manually at www.thejohncampish. Oops, wrong one. Sorry. www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question on the show, of course, if it's appropriate for use on the show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us involved here at the John Campion Show, thank you guys very much for your support. Okay, with that down, let's get on to your question, shall we? We're going to think, get caught, caught up here, starting with Anton Riley, who writes, Chloe Bennett has left the Powerpuff Girls show due to scheduling conflicts. Yes, scheduling conflicts. Uh, I wouldn't blame CW if they just pulled the plug on this show because this looks like an absolute train wreck waiting to happen. Well, yeah, we talked about this on the John Campion Show yesterday. So what happened is, you know, they're making a Powerpuff Girls live action show. And the concept's not terrible. It's what happens to the Powerpuff Girls now that they're in their mid-20s. And they're kind of like dealing with the baggage that they all carry as young adults because of the fact that their childhoods were taken away from them and they were had to be superheroes as children. It's an interesting concept. However, they shot the pilot and CW hated it. And they said, you got to go back to the drawing board and do another one again. And at this point, Chloe Bennett said, now she has scheduling conflicts. Well... That's bullshit, because if she had scheduling conflicts, um, why didn't she have scheduling conflicts before? Like, the idea was you shoot the pilot, the network likes it, and then you shoot a full season of Powerpuff Girls. So now all of a sudden you have scheduling conflicts and you can't do another pilot? I, I don't buy that. Either she hated something and wanted to leave, or they didn't want her and they wanted her to go. It's, it's one of the two. I'd bet money on it. At any rate, they're calling it scheduling conflicts, but... Listen, I still think the concept is interesting. I'm obviously not, I've never watched the Powerpuff Girls. I really don't care. But the concept sounds interesting. If they shot the one pilot and it didn't work and they want to take another swing at it, I say go for it. Go for it. Let's see how it turns out. All right, next up. Uh, Brian O'Connor writes, I have a billion dollar question, okay? Are you willing to wait an additional 12 to 24 months for the release of Dune and No Time to Die if it means that there's a better chance of both films hitting a minimum of $1 billion? I don't know how much longer I can wait, uh, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I could totally. Listen, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait for uh, Dune and No Time to Die. But, yeah, if it meant that they would make a billion dollars to the box office if we waited... I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't think Dune is going to make a billion dollars to the box office no matter what. I mean, you could release that in 2019 pre-pandemic. It's not going to make a billion dollars. Um, it doesn't need to make a billion dollars to be successful. 
But uh, yeah, if you told me waiting an additional year would make those movies a billion dollars, and that means more Dune movies for sure, and you know it gives Daniel Craig a great send-off in his final Bond film, I'd say, sure, I'd be willing to wait. I mean, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait, but I would for that, sure. All right, good question, Brian. Next up, The Eighth writes, I love Timothy and Zendaya, but I'll be honest, I'm bored out of my mind by the Dune trailers. For some reason, it feels too lore-heavy for me, uh, and not in a good way, like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. Although, I agree Oscar Isaac looks sharper than ever. Yeah, listen, trailers are just like any kind of art form. It's subjective. Some will work for you, some would. Now, I will agree that the first Dune trailer they put out uh, like ages ago, it was very, very just lore. Like it was targeted at people who read the books and not really for anybody else. But I personally think, just in my own opinion, I thought that the new trailer was really quite good. I, I thought the new trailer was really quite good. And I thought it, it, it wasn't so much, um, it, it, it wasn't lore heavy. It was just really great. But to me, but like, again, just because it worked for me and some other people doesn't mean it was going to work for you. And if it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. But I mean, a trailer's just a trailer. Let's see how the movie turns out. All right. Thanks for sending that in eighth. Next up, Jonathan writes, is the what if series essential wash, uh, essential watching because I'm really not enjoying this. It is not essential watching whatsoever. Uh, not a fan of the animation or the story, but especially the animation. It's weird. Almost wanted to stop watching it several times. Well, yeah, the, the first episode of what if has now come out and it's of course the captain Carter episode. I didn't hate it. I didn't even actively dislike it. I thought it was all right. It was okay for what it was. I personally thought the animation looked really good. I, I did enjoy the animation. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought the animation was pretty good. Um, but overall, I thought it was meh. I mean, the other episode, each episode is going to be a completely different story. So I'm sur- sure some episodes are going to be better than others. But is what if essential viewing? Absolutely not. It is 100% not essential viewing. Honestly, most MCU is not essential viewing. Kevin Feige's designed it that way specifically. Uh, Some things are more important to watch than others, but is what if essential viewing? Not at all. All right, next up. We've got Jonathan who writes, "Uh, Yeah, what if started for me as meh. Story editing was choppy, like a Cliff Notes version of a movie. Voice acting was weak. Animation was really just awful. I don't know if I'll care to watch anymore. Sucks because I do love Marvel. Oh, well. And again, listen, like I already said, I'm not a big fan of it so far. I'm not even sure I'm going to keep watching it, to be honest with you. But I didn't think it was actively bad. And personally, I did like the animation. But again, it's one of those things where... Listen, you will not be unplugged from the MCU at all if you skip this one. You won't be unplugged at all. I'm not saying you should skip it. I'm just saying if you do decide to skip it, I don't think you're going to be missing anything on. And and I got to agree, Jonathan, for me, it was just kind of meh. It was all right. It was all right. But it was certainly nothing special. All right. And I love, 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 love Agent Carter. I love Peggy Carter. I watched the TV show. I watch, I mean, I love when she pops up in other MCU, whether she's old lady, Peggy or whether she's in middle age, Peggy and Ant-Man. I love Peggy Carter, but yeah, I didn't, didn't dig it so much. All right. Next up, Ryan Lawner writes, uh, can we just appreciate that there are now two different versions of King shark at the same time in Harley Quinn and suicide squad, which couldn't be more different from each other. And both are equally great. How often does that happen? Yeah. Listen, the King shark in the animated Harley Quinn is awesome. 
I love it. Lady Gaga, it's Beyonce. I love King Shark in Harley Quinn. I love all the characters in Harley Quinn, to be honest with you. I love all the characters, but the King Shark character is absolutely hilarious. It's Anne's favorite character in it. And then, of course, this King Shark in Suicide Squad, totally, totally different, but every bit as delightful. I totally agree, Ryan. All right, next up, we got Cool Kid 260 writes, do you think Free Guy was released in theaters only because HBO owned the cable and streaming rights to Fox Films and Disney Plus and Hulu can't stream that film until the rights expired like New Mutants, Call of the Wild, etc.? No. Um, what, From my understanding, and I, I haven't read over the contract, so I, I could be wrong about this. Let me just say that right up front. I could be wrong about this. From my understanding, um, HBO has the first pay window. They have the first pay window. I believe that if Disney wanted to do a day and date release of Free Guy on Disney Plus, but not premium, not charging the premium 30 day access, just putting it for free on Disney Plus, I believe they could have done that. I think they could have done that. Now, again, I, I could be mistaken, but I believe it's all in the terminology about the first pay window that HBO has. So, and then once the theatrical run was done, then I believe HBO would get the rights to it for the pay sort of thing. Now, I could be wrong about that, but all I can go on is what the director of the film said. Sean Levy, we talked, we quoted him the other day. He directly said that the reason Disney didn't put it on Disney Plus was because they really believed in the film and they really thought they should have a theatrical run and have a chance to catch on in theaters and see if it turns into a franchise. That's what the director of the film said. So if it's something different, that's on Disney and their director to work out. But the director said publicly, that's why. So, I mean, whether it's six of one or half dozen of the other, it is what it is. But the director said something completely different. So who knows? Who knows? So I, that's what leads me to believe that maybe they could have for free, like not a $30 premium charge. They could have technically put it just on Disney+. Plus. But then what's the purpose of that? What would be the meaning of that? There's They wouldn't benefit from that at all. So I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say, man. Especially when two people in the same studio are, say, are playing he said, she said. It's tough to say. All right, next up. Uh, Dex Star writes, okay, my idea for King Shark. Since Aquaman is more inspired by adventure films, all adventure films have, cool, have a cool crew. Have King Shark, after the events of Suicide Squad, look up to Arthur because he's a hero. Well, I mean... I guess, theoretically speaking, Arthur could just control King Shark. <laughs> like, couldn't he? I mean, theoretically speaking, could Aquaman not just control King Shark? But, you know, maybe because King Shark is sentient, maybe he can't control him. I don't know. But that would be an interesting pairing. Aquaman and King Shark decks, that would absolutely be an interesting pairing for sure. All right. Willow writes. If there isn't any pressure on filmmakers to make quality films for streaming, does this also apply to TV series? I've always been confused over why Netflix appears to do so much better with quality original series, but skimp out when it comes to movies. You know, this is a question I've asked a lot. I, I just don't understand how Netflix can be so damn good at series, at TV shows, and so damn bad at their original movies. It's I, I have no idea. Because they're not just good at their original series. They're great. I mean, yeah, they have some stumbles. They have some fumbles. For sure they do. But I mean, overall, Netflix is great. I mean, I think the only other 
network that does better at their original series on a consistently high quality basis is maybe HBO. They're the king of the hill. But other than that, it's Netflix. They're awesome at it. And yet so crappy at their movies. My only guess is they understand people watch TV for shows. And they know they have to put more excellence, be more picky, put more resources into their shows than they do for their movies. And so they realize, yeah, with our movies, we don't have to give a crap. Crank out 20 or 30 pieces of junk film. It doesn't matter. When it comes to original movies, Netflix is all about quantity, not about quality. So it's a question I've been asking a lot, Willow. And my one guess is that, you know, they know people are looking for excellence in their shows when they watch TV. And that's just a guess. I mean, I, I, I'm, ask me again next week. I could have a totally different opinion, to be honest with you. But that's kind of where my head's at right now. All right, thanks for asking that, Willow. Next up, we got uh, Caleb, one of two. My NFL playoff prediction, uh, wild card, uh, AFC, Chiefs. Really think Chiefs are going to be in the wild card? Uh, Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Colts. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, wild card, Titans, wild card, Pats. I don't think the Pats are getting in the playoffs this year. No, sir. Uh, NFL, uh, NFC, Bucks, Rams, Packers, uh, the Washington Football Club. Yeah, I think they're getting in there too. And the 49ers, wild card, Seahawks. Mm, I don't know. Seahawks would be a little bit better than a wild card right now. Anyway, Cardinals. Uh, and uh, NFC West is going to be stacked this year. I bet they all make the playoffs. Uh, AFC Championship, Bills, Bills defeat the Browns. Uh, NFC Championship, Bucks defeat the Packers. Poor Rodgers. Super Bowl 56, uh, Bucks do it again. Dark Lord Brady gets numero ocho. Uh, what do you think, John and Rob? Rob's obviously not here today. How far off are, are we? P.S. Join my fantasy league, please. Uh, I, I'm not playing fantasy anymore, to be honest with you. Look, everybody knows I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Huge Tom Brady fan. Now, I said, I said last year, even though Gronk was coming back and Brady was, I still thought Brady was great, but I said going into last year, guys, don't be silly. The Buccaneers are not winning the Super Bowl. That's what I said. I said the Buccaneers, you know, Gronk, he's been out of it. He's not in the same physical shape that he used to be. There's some personnel drama going on over there. I mean, I don't. who knows how Arians is going to work with Brady. Brady is in his 40s now. I mean, he's still going to be great. He's still going to be great. But the reality, he's in his 40s now and blah, blah, blah. I said, Let's, listen, the Buccaneers are going to be fun to watch. and They're going to win a lot of games. But let's not be silly and say Super Bowl. To my very pleasant surprise... All Brady did was went out and win his seventh Super Bowl. His seventh Super Bowl. Seven. And now he's going for it. And now he's the Patriots are pretty much the favorites on everybody's list. Uh, everybody's saying the uh, sorry the uh, I keep on saying the Patriots. Um, now the the um, um, the Buccaneers are top of everybody's list. Everybody's saying Buccaneers now because they got everybody back. They're just better now this year. So look, they're going to have a tough time when they run into the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to have a tough time when they run into one Aaron Rodgers, even though that looks like that's a family in mess over there in Green Bay right now. Um, I mean, Aaron doesn't want to be there. There's whatever. But uh, it probably will end up being the Buccaneers this year. I should bet against them again. Because when I bet against them, they seem to win. Anyway, thanks for writing that in, Caleb. Uh, next up, 
Uh, Harley's husband writes, Hi, I saw Squad, Suicide Squad, four times the last week in theaters. That's awesome. Uh, we do not have HBO uh, Max here, and everyone showing I went, and every showing I went to was very well attended, and the earlier showings more so. Most I have seen people in theaters since COVID by far and consistent each time. Nuff said, well, that's great. Unfortunately, it looks like where you live is a little bit of the anomaly because not a lot of people are going to see Suicide Squad. And it sucks. That sucks because Suicide Squad is awesome. It's fantastic. And I'm glad you went to go see it four times. I'm glad wherever it is that you live, that you're getting that many people out to see it. I hope more people go out to see it. I hope positive word of mouth spurs it on because this is a movie that deserves to make a lot of money. Despite the fact that Warner Brothers stabbed them in the back by putting them on HBO Max. This is a movie that deserves to make a ton of money and I hope that they do, man. So I hope wherever you live becomes more repeated across the country. All right, next up. Murray Reich writes, John. Uh, there's another movie next week besides Reminiscence that should be on your most anticipated list of 2021. Uh, the only other one I know of is Paw, Paw Patrol. It may win some Oscars, too. It's got an A-list cast. Drum roll, please. Yes, it is it is Paw Patrol. Yay! Aren't you so excited? Dude, I'll tell you what. Laugh all you want, Murray. With the movies rolling back out, you know, I, my inbox is starting to fill back up again with uh, the publicists, the emails from the publicists. They're starting to fill back up again. By far more than any other movie, more than emails I got about promoting Suicide Squad, more than I got about promoting Free Guy, more than I got promoting, you know, uh, Don't Breathe To or Respect or Reminiscence or anything. I have gotten more emails from their publicity department about Paw Patrol than you can possibly imagine. It's, I mean, say what you want. I don't know if the movie's going to be utter crap. I have no intention of watching it. But you can't say that their PR department isn't working overtime trying to get many people, trying to get as much attention on this movie as possible. All right, next up. Murray Reich writes, uh, I love going to the movies, but here in New York City on weekends, it's becoming sad seeing more than half empty seats, like example, Black Widow. I don't know how Shang-Chi is going to make some money when you got a Delta variant going around, plus people are still deciding slowly to come back in. Yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's a very, very difficult time. The, the key is, can you get enough? Because they don't need it to make the type of money it would have made in 2019 before the pandemic. The question is, can they get to make enough? Because I'll tell you what, with a movie like Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi was never going to make a billion dollars, right? If a movie like Shang-Chi can make 500 million, now that's a tall order. It's a very, very tall order. But if it could make 500 million, they're going to be very happy. I'm telling you, they're going to be very happy if they can make uh, if they can make that kind of money. So is that possible? Black Widow's done it or is going to do it at some point. Fast Nine has done it. Granted, we have this Delta variant thing going around. Hopefully more people wise up and get, um, you know, get uh, get vaccinated. The studies are now coming out. Dude, it's, guys, it's just science. It's just science. The studies are now out. 80, 98% of all the cases of COVID right now are people who aren't vaccinated. You know, 96, 97% of all the hospital beds being taken up by COVID patients are people who weren't vaccinated. What are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? 
We've had hundreds of millions of people vaccinated. It's totally safe. The doctors are saying get it. The the medical industry is saying saying go get it. Uh, I mean, it just what are we doing? Go get vaccinated so we can get this garbage behind us. It would be great. All right, next up. Uh, Murray Reich writes, uh, besides for the in-reverse role of Steve to Peggy, uh, plus Steve in an Iron Man suit, there's nothing, oh my God, anything mind-boggling about the What If episode. Like, it was good, but I expected better. Looking forward, uh, looking forward though, to the episode with Star-Lord slash T'Challa. Yeah, I keep hearing that one's pretty good. I keep hearing that one's pretty good, um, but I don't know. Who knows? Like I've said already, Murray, I was not impressed with the Captain Carter uh, launch of What If. I I didn't hate it, but is it worth your time? I would say no. The animation, I think, is pretty good. Uh, But again, like I said, each episode is going to be a different story, like T'Challa as Star-Lord. And therefore, each one has its own potential. So some will be better than others, and hopefully... The Captain Carter one is just the weakest one they have. And hopefully all the other ones are better because it, it to me, it wasn't a great start. And I'm, I listen, I've heard from a lot of people that really did like it. And that's awesome. Unfortunately, that wasn't me. All right. Next up, we got Milton who writes, excuse me, I believe I believe you have my stapler. Are you, what are you going to do? Milton, burn the place to the ground? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to burn this place down. I love a little office space reference there. I like it. All right. BK Dan writes. John, I was watching your companion video, and I agree with you. There is no longer a hunger for G.I. Joe. Uh, They show the old cartoon classic show, and the most views any episode has is 16,000 views. Well, if you're talking about on YouTube, BK, that's probably a pirated copy. And I wouldn't wouldn't judge, I wouldn't make that your metric for judging how interested people are in G.I. Joe. But yeah, I... I think you just people just have to face the facts. I think people like me just have to face the facts. We have overestimated the popularity of this IP. We have overestimated the popularity of this property. People are not hungry for G.I. Joe. The wide audience is not hungry for G.I. Joe. Yes, the reason Snake Eyes failed was because it's a terrible, terrible movie. But... On top of that, I think we also just have, and you know, pandemics going on and everything too, but I think the base reasoning behind it is just people don't care about G.I. Joe anymore. I, I That's just the sense I'm getting. I mean, I'm interested in seeing G.I. Joe stuff, but it really does seem like most people just aren't. The average movie going on just does not have that G.I. Joe hunger for it. So I don't know where they go from here, man, to be honest. All right. Uh, ketchup chips, ketchup chips on eggs rights. I think one of the reasons Marvel is more successful overall than DC is their universe is more connected. Completely disagree. Uh, You want to see the movies in sequence. Not really. Uh, Whereas with DC, it's like a wander. It's like a wanderer woman. You probably meant Wonder Woman, Joker movie. Uh, Not all one story that move from one thing to another. Yeah, I don't I don't agree at all. It all comes down to, do you make good movies? That's all it's about is do you make good movies that people enjoy? The reason, look, I I don't care about your petty DC versus Marvel bullshit. For those of you who are Marvel corporate zombie slaves or DC corporate zombie slaves, I don't care about your little pissing match at all. But Marvel has just, on the whole, it is irrefutable, made movies that are more entertaining to the audience than DC has. It's irrefutable. It's irrefutable. The numbers all prove it that they have made 
as far as the audience is concerned, more entertaining movies to the audience than DC than DC has. Now you can feel you can think that DC movies are better, and your opinion is is perfectly valid. Somebody else can think Marvel movies are better, and that's perfectly fine. But the numbers show that in general, the audience finds the Marvel movies a lot more entertaining than they found the DC movies. When you look at Iron Man, then you you look at Spider Man, and you look at Thor, and you look at, you look at all these things. I mean, just constantly they're putting out crowd pleasing movie after crowd pleasing movie, critically acclaimed movie after critically acclaimed movie, financially successful movie after financially successful movie. Whereas, you know, DC has put out things that half the audience and half the critics hate most of the time. I mean, there was Wonder Woman, and there was Aquaman. And, and, you know, Aquaman wasn't as successful. I mean, it made more money than Wonder Woman, but it didn't have as high of a critic rating or audience rating as Wonder Woman did. But, you know, Man of Steel, the most underappreciated comic book film of all time, that movie is a masterpiece of the comic book genre, in my opinion. But the reality is, half the audience and half the critics hated it. I keep I keep getting people like DC fans emailing me, why won't Warner Brothers do what the fans want and bring Henry Cavill back as Superman? What fans? Half the people who saw Henry Cavill's Superman movies hated him as Superman or hated those movies that he was in as Superman. They're not as enlightened as you and me, where we know that Kal-El, the true man of steel, is Henry Cavill. You guys can't see him right now. I got a big Henry Cavill stand, standy of Superman right here, overlooking the studio, protecting the studio. Not everybody's as enlightened as you and me, brother knowing that Henry Cavill is the greatest Superman of all time. But the reality is, half the audience and half the critics hated it. Is what it is. Because I'll tell you what, if people enjoyed and loved and were entertained by Man of Steel the way they should have been, but if they did, and if the audience loved and embraced and was entertained and engaged with Batman versus Superman, And if the audience loved and was entertained and was engaged with Justice League, if if that had been the case, if people had loved and had been entertained and is engaged with all the DCEU movies as they were with Wonder Woman, none of this would be a conversation right now. We wouldn't be having this conversation about why is Marvel doing so much better than DC? Because it ain't because of formula. It ain't, oh, it's, uh, it's because they connect their movies. No, 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 no. It's about just making good movies. It's just about making good movies. You can make some really crappy movies that are interconnected. Really crappy movies that are interconnected doesn't make them popular. Just because you connect movies does not make them popular and it does not make them good. You've got to make good movies. And up until this point, Marvel has succeeded at on a consistent basis, producing movies that are highly entertaining, that the audience finds entertaining and enjoyable, and they want to get into it and blah, blah. And they've done a much better job at that than DC has. That's irrefutable. That's just the facts. I'm not saying they've made better movies. That's a subjective opinion. But they have made movies that the end, that the audience has clearly found more entertaining. And that's the key. It's not about, uh, do you make a team-up movie first and then individual movies? Or do you make individual movies first and then team-up? It's not about that formula. It's not about the formula of, do you interconnect the movies or do you not interconnect? It's not about that formula. It's just about making good movies. 
Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar, was the highest grossing box office film for nearly in the world of all time. And it, well, it still is today now, but it held that title for nearly a decade. It didn't have individual films or team up films. It didn't have interconnected stories or a shared cinematic universe. And yet it came out and stood as the highest grossing motion picture of all time for nearly a decade. And then it took that title back again. So yeah, it's not about formula ketchup and eggs. There's no magic. It's just make great individual movies. Whether those individual movies are connected to others or whether they're not, you got to make movies that entertain the audience. So tell you what, you make four movies that they all entertain the audience and they're completely disconnected, and you give me four movies that are meh, at least that the audience finds them meh, but they're connected, the ones that the audience likes more, those are the ones that are going to do better. Those are the ones that are going to do better. So anyway, that's kind of my take on it, Ketchup. That's just my take on it. All right, thanks a lot for asking, man. Next up, uh, where are we at here? Russell Amador writes, by any chance, have you seen the behind-the-scenes set photos? There, oh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. There are no, you're wording that wrong. There are no behind-the-scenes set photos, just so you know. Have you seen the behind-the-scenes set photos of the Suicide Squad that leaked online featuring Deathstroke leading Team 2? Bloodsport was badass. That does sound interesting to have Deathstroke involved. Hmm, what if? Okay, so the way Russell is saying it, it almost it makes it sound like they were actually shooting the movie on set and Deathstroke was the leader of Team 2 and Suicide Squad instead of Bloodsport. That's not what happened. What happened was, was there was a behind-the-scenes photo in a writer's room where there was storyboard art on the wall or on an easel or something. And in that storyboard art, you saw Team 2 with Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher 2, Peacemaker, King Shark. And instead of Bloodsport leading the way, it was Deathstroke. Which tells us that in an early iteration of this movie coming together, instead of Bloodsport, once they found out Will Smith wasn't coming back, instead of Bloodsport, they were going to put in Deathstroke. Now, that would have been interesting, but it was, a, in my opinion, it was a very wise move not to do that because you can't neuter Deathstroke. You can't show Deathstroke sh- having a soft heart and really getting connected to almost a new daughter figure in Ratcatcher 2 and being really heroic and actually being a good guy. You, you don't want to do that with Deathstroke right now. You don't want to do that with Deathstroke. You can do that with Bloodsport, but I don't think you could do that with Deathstroke. And I'm I'm betting that's why ultimately they made the decision, look, we can't do this. What we want to do with this role, we can't do with Deathstroke. So let's make a different character. And they ended up going with Bloodsport. But yeah, it's really, really interesting to see. It was really interesting to see. All right, guys, listen, that'll do it for this installment of the companion videos. There are still more questions to come from Daryl Best Wadley, Frankie, uh, Reptrax King, I think that's how you said, and several others. Uh, Do not worry, though, guys. We're going to do another companion video this weekend uh, before we get back to Monday's show. So check back in with us on this weekend for another installment of the companion videos. Also, guys, don't forget, 
this Sunday at 3 p.m. Los Angeles time, so that's 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we're going to be doing an open spoiler discussion of Free Guy. So if you have if you haven't seen Free Guy yet, get on out and see it. Just see it by Sunday afternoon, and then come on back and join us for a big open spoiler discussion about it. All right, guys, that will do it for this installment of the companion video. Thanks so much for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.